0: Hello and welcome to the Aquarius Podcast. I'm your host, Randy Reed. This episode of the Aquarius Podcast is sponsored by Owaza. Now before we get into the interview, I want to tell you about a recent bout of green water I had in my fish room. Currently, two of my 20 highs house a pair of beautiful black angelfish with gorgeous blue leopard spotting on the fins. Now, being that my main goal in the fish room is breeding, these particular tanks barely had any plants in them. After a month or two of being placed in these tanks, I experienced an explosion of green water which I can only attribute to an imbalance in light and nutrients. Now it just so happened that Awaza sent me a Cleartronic UV sterilizer to try out beforehand. I seriously didn't even think that I was going to use this thing. But as it turns out, this is exactly what I needed at the time. I hooked this sterilizer up to an Owaza OptiMax pump and let it do its UV sterilizer thing. Within a few days, the water in the first tank was back to being crystal clear. Rinse and repeat on the next tank, and the story's over. Since then, I've put potted Crips and Pothos in both tanks to help suck up those extra nutrients in the water. So if you're looking for a long or short-term solution to green water, go check out the Cleartronic UV Sterilizer. Now, on to the interview. Today's date is Monday, June 17th, 2019. My guest today is John Pinney. John is a competitive aquascaper and a member of the Aquascapers Collective and the Chicago Aquatic Plant Society. John, welcome to the Aquarius Podcast. Thanks, Randy. Well, thank you very much for coming on this Monday evening. Um, and yeah, let's go ahead and jump right into it, John. Who is John Pinney and how did you get your start in aquariums?
1: Yeah, so I actually um, I think unlike a lot of people, uh, I didn't have any past experience in my childhood growing up with uh, aquarists or or friends that kept uh, aquariums. But um, I did have one cousin that had a giant uh, South American arowana biotope built into his wall, and that was the coolest thing. Whenever I'd go over to his house, I'd run to go check out his his uh, tank. And uh, so I guess I always had some sort of um, good memories with aquariums, but I actually didn't become an aquarist myself until after graduating college in uh, 2014, I stumbled across uh, some competitive aquascapes online. In particular, um, there's the aquascape called uh, the Tidal Firmament. And I believe it was in uh, 2011? Yep. 2011, rank 14. If you want to look it up, it's it's called The Firmament by Chao Wing Ki. And it's a, it's an Iwagumi aquascape, sort of a mountain scene. And that thing just grabbed a hold of me. And I thought, man, I'm, I'm kind of in a new stage of life. I'm done with my studies. Um, I have a, a home. My wife and I just moved in together and I decided I want to try and make something like that. So... In, uh, yeah, 2014, set up my first uh, planted tank. Um, I was uh, able to be successful growing plants with a DIY CO2 system and uh, had some good experiences. And then I moved forward from there. So I've really only been in Aquarius for about five years here.
0: Wow, yeah. So within five years, I mean, you've... You know, your name is, is is fairly well recognized, I would say, in the U.S. aquascaping. Um, and I would assume to some extent kind of on an international level um, and just doing a quick Google search to make sure that I had your Instagram page up just for this interview so I can have some reference points. You know, you've, yeah. got, you've got an article from, let's see here, 2006. 16. Let's scroll back up to the top, folks. Great for audio interviews. Yeah, November 30th, 2016. So two years after you got into the hobby, you have a title in Reef to Rainforest Media called the Mind-Bending Nano Aquascape of John Penny. In within two years, man, that's pretty damn impressive. Thanks. Yeah, I, uh, that was actually my second
1: uh, competitive aquascape. So I I joined the um, the year before I, I entered the AGA aquascaping competition at the aquatic experience. And, uh, I went in and I put my best effort forward and I got beat down. I didn't <laughs> rank or anything like that. And at that point I had a decision to make, like, you know, am, am I going to get better or am I just going to be discouraged? And, um, I chose the, uh, the former thankfully. Yeah. Yeah, uh, nice. was it, yeah, yeah I was able to kind of put, uh, any sort of, um, you know, you, you have, when you, when you try really hard at something and it doesn't work out, you get discouraged or you get uh, more motivation. So, and I think part of that is a, is a conscious choice too. So I took the motivation from that. And then the next year I re I returned and gave it my all again, uh, this time with some more experience and, um, was able to, to walk away with, uh, the, the win in that competition. So that was, that was like my first, um, I I should say successful goal met in, in the, uh, competitive aquascaping and yeah, move forward from there. So, um, I've been doing mostly the, uh, focusing on the international contests. Um, though I, I do the live ones here and there too. They're two different, very different, uh, situations that, uh, kind of require different tactics and, um, before we yeah, jump into those real great. quick, John,
0: I, w- I want to I understand a little bit more about your backstory. And, and what I'm getting sure. at is, so you get into this in 2014, so five years ago. Um, you know, you're done with college, you're a young professional, and y- the only real impression that you've had of, of fish tanks was just, you know, this awesome South American tank that your cousin had. But so there there isn't that strong aquatic you know aquarius roots. Um, what yeah. other hobbies or what other tendencies do you have that you think are like, okay, that makes sense. yeah he's into he's into carnivorous plants or he's into um, you know uh, gardening or or he's very artistic. or do you have any of those other kind of attributes or hobbies? yeah, so i'm I'm a bit of a
1: um, I'm a bit of a mess when it comes to hobbies. i <laughs> I tend to get into too many different things. But uh, grow, growing up, mostly athletics um, and combat sports. Um, so I, I, I played uh, football, lacrosse, and then um, a variety of different martial arts that I, I trained in. Every, everything from American boxing to Brazilian jiu-jitsu. But so
0: not pointing me to aquascaping yet. Not but... <laughs> pointing to aquascaping no. But
1: But, um, you know, the thing is, the thing that I think really drew me to it is so much of my um, my time spent outside of, of my studies or my work had been, um, sort of in aggressive pursuits in terms of, you know, like I said, they're combat sports, things like that. And, and I, I'm a very peaceful person actually. <laughs> so when I'm not ripping not, fools heads off, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, no, I'm, I, I, I really wanted to find something that, um, could be a, uh, like a relaxing sort of thing. And uh, I, I'd never been a gardener. I'd never kept, you know, plants of any sort or, or aquariums, really. Um, but I always loved nature. And uh, ever since I was little, you know, my I, I think it's something that's in my family, and my in my genetics. My my dad, uh, he's a uh, he's really into landscaping. He can tell you every kind of tree there is. Um, and my mother would, you know, throw us in a car, me and my siblings, when we were younger, and we'd just take off and drive to Idaho and mostly to see the natural landscapes that uh, the U S has to offer. And so I, I always had a, a really deep um, love for growing things and for, for the natural world. And um, I think, you know, living in Chicago or I should say in the suburbs of Chicago, there's really not much here. You have to, you have to get out and go, go find it. Um, So, the idea that I could bring a piece of nature into my home, um, really spoke to me. And I think that, that, uh, that aquascape I mentioned before the firmament in particular, the reason why it stood out to me, um, it does sort of represent, uh, at least its initial impression is more of a terrestrial landscape, um, kind of a mountain range sort of thing. And it reminded me of what I saw when we would go on these trips out West. And, uh, as somebody who didn't have a background in aquatics before, I think it, you know, uh, the the terrestrial aquascapes or the, the diorama aquascapes, that a lot of people will will describe them as, get a lot of hate. But I think it was a really good um, way for the door to be open to somebody who didn't necessarily have a background or an appreciation for the aquatic world um, It was a way for me to connect with it and understand what aquascaping was about. And then now, you know, five years later, um, you know, I I do tend to lean more towards uh, enjoying the traditional nature aquarium styles or the more aquatic looking environments.
0: Yeah, I can I can definitely appreciate that. And what's funny is maybe you had a little bit of this um, in yourself, but my dad, growing up, would always take me to nurseries, and you know we had a, a you know sizable piece of land in in Northern California, so we were always planting trees and shrubs and just you know every sort of uh, plant that he he would find that he was interested in so it's very eclectic in terms of the plant collection um, and, yeah. and, and to this day you know the 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 property looks very very gorgeous I mean there's huge olive trees and apricot trees and all sorts of fruit trees but um, I would I would dread going to the nursery. I hated it as a kid. It was <laughs> terrible. You know, it's not just like the Home Depot or Lowe's Nursery. It was all of the, you know, any nursery, anywhere where they sold plants and trees and, and all that stuff, we were always going to. And now I find some of my favorite stores in in this in this general area. If you're ever in the, um, in the Seattle area, you go to a store called Molbax. Um, that's one of our really nice uh, nursery stores, a little bit more expensive, but a wonderful selection. And also Flower World that has these beautiful outdoor fountains with chickens and geese and Massive greenhouses, they've got a couple ponds inside with red ear sliders, and I mean it's just oh, such, awesome. it's just such a cool place to go to and I dreaded going there as a kid but now I find myself in, in yard work like I love doing yard work now yep. but these are things where you know they're an escape from your laptop they're an escape from your computer and I realize that you're off work and I'm, I'm you know to do this podcast I'm putting you back in front of a computer and not in front of a piece of nature um, but yeah it, it's funny how you know you've got kind of this rebellion where you know you don't want to do what your parents did or you don't want to do what you were brought up around at least for me and now it's something that I, that I really enjoy doing um, and hopefully I can I have said this before with the hobby in general, but hopefully I can find that balance where maybe there's a couple Saturdays where I don't take my sons um, to go to the nursery. So I don't burn them out on it, but we still kind of have this strong appreciation and they do like going and seeing the plants and, and all these other various things. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, th- I think, I think the,
1: um, you have to have some sort of human connection in, in whatever sort of hobby you have and, w- and whether that's something in appreciation of nature or Athletics or whatever that you have to have that, and I and I think you know we've talked talked a bit about how I got into the um, the hobby and and you know moving forward pretty quickly with the competitive aquascaping, but I I wouldn't have gotten you know probably past the first year if I didn't have a community uh, and connect with other people who had more knowledge, had more wisdom, uh, more experience in in this art form uh, or in this gardening. Uh, the specific type of gardening, because it's it's a very unique thing. You know, it's not uh, it's it's not like um, you know when you're you're gardening gardening terrestrial plants or a flower garden where there's uh, tons of people everywhere who and who know how to do it. It's it's a pretty niche sort of thing. Um, so I actually pretty early on uh, intentionally sought out people who could teach me because that's the quickest way to learn anything is, uh, you know, human beings are communal beings. We teach each other. Um, and, uh, my local fish store was bringing in Balin Shaw from the uh, AGA to do a demonstration. And I met Balin there and, uh, we kind of connected and he taught me, um, you know, how to grow plants basically. (laughs) And, uh, and the basics of, you know, the foundations of, of aquascaping, he encouraged me to get into the contest. So I, I really think, you know, sort of like you mentioned, there's a, there's a balance, um, with anything and with our interests. The, I think the focus ultimately needs to be around community and not necessarily the, the specific, um, art form or the specific, um, endeavor. It's, it's, it's about the community that's around it. And that, that's what kind of gives something long longevity in my opinion.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and so what are, uh, uh, the, the aquascapers collective in particular, when does, when does that factor in? So that is a more recent uh, thing. We actually,
1: um, the uh, the aquascape that you mentioned, the one that was in uh, in the magazine, um, I believe that was 2016. Yep, yeah, 2016. Uh, there were some competitive aquascapers uh, coming to the Aquatic Experience competition that year, uh, traveling pretty far. It included Hip Hong um, Corey Hopkins, uh, Sean McBride, uh, Dennis Wong, uh, De- Dennis is not from the U S but he, he came along with them and they came at under the, or Art Camiso as well. And they came, uh, under the team name, the Aquascapers Collective. And these were people who I had seen their YouTube videos and been following online. And I got so excited because I was going to be going up against people who, um, you know, I, I aspired to, to sort of, be like, or, or not, not necessarily be like, but, but to get to their level of, uh, of, uh, expertise in, in aquascaping. So, um, they showed up and, uh, they had won the, the large tank category. Um, I'd won the nano, we talked, kind of met each other. And, uh, you know, a few years later, um, we had a few other interactions. Uh, we actually went on a, a trip together to go see Floresta Submersas in uh, Portugal, in Lisbon, and then also to Aqua Flora.
0: And for, those in that, and for those that don't know, and to make sure that I know, the Floresta, what did you call it? That's that's the Amano. Uh, Floresta Submersas. Yeah, that's isn't that the Amano display in Portugal? It is. Okay. It is. Yeah, it's a uh, breathtaking. It's awesome. And, and um, do you know roughly how large that is? Because it's it's fairly massive, right? It is. Um, I I don't. I don't know, and I apologize about that, but I I will say it's like what you would expect to see, kind of as, as you're walking into a building at like a SeaWorld, right? Like it's just a massive. It's, it's gotta yes. be pushing. It's gotta be pushing two thousand gallons at least, right? It's huge. Oh yeah,
1: yeah. I I, I wonder if I can re- look it up pretty quick, but I mean it's you're more, yeah totally. It, it wraps around. <laughs> it, it it basically wraps around, um,
0: three sides of a room. Um, is that a, is that in Lisbon? Or is that Porto? It is or Lisbon? Okay, yeah, yep. some... it's at the Oceanario. Uh, I see, some of my wife's family lives in Lisbon, so oh, you got to go. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure.
1: Yeah, they, they, you know, there was a rumor going around, and maybe the rumor had some um, origins of truth that they were going to be taking it down, and and so that's what kind of spurred this trip. Is is uh, we we thought it was going to be taken down, so we all sort of gathered together and went to go see it. And then when we got there, they said, oh yeah, we're going to keep it up indefinitely, or at least for the time the time and, being, they didn't have an end date. So. And, and so
0: where is that? Is that like at a, a like a natural museum or like a, a Portuguese aquarium? Like where is that actually? It's, yeah, it's at, it's at an aquarium that primarily
1: features um, um, saltwater fish and, and reefs. It's, it's like, a, I don't know what to, we have the Shedd Aquarium here in Chicago. It's mm-hmm. smaller than that. But it's it's similar to that. And then they have uh, one sort of exhibit dedicated to uh, Amano's work, which is these the uh, floresta submersives.
0: That is that is interesting that a Japanese, you know, kind of pioneer aquascaper um, would have this amazing work and it would be in Portugal. I mean, not that Portugal is a bad place, but I'm sure yeah. there's a whole you know seventeen episode podcast series just around how that thing ended up in Portugal and the creation of it. Um, but that's just kind of fascinating like this this global connection, you know how how it how it played out.
1: Yeah, they actually two of the um, staff members from ADA from Japan moved there permanently just to take care of it. Wow. Yeah. That so that's is a
0: straight
1: dedication. How, yes, that's how that's how serious they are um about it and and uh uh they were there when we we visited, so I it, that was something I didn't know before going that really was sort of uh, uh amazing to me, you know. But um but yeah, it, it, so we went on that that trip um together and during this time, these small events, we started dreaming up, you know, how can we unite the aquascapers in the U.S. because the U.S. has not been historically seen as a um, a great competitive aquascaping um, origin. Uh, certainly, there are there are people uh, very not- notable people, and uh, I would say the the American forefathers of aquascaping. You know, the Senskis, Luis Navarro, uh, Jeff Miatki, um, and uh, you know some people before. Uh, that, that were involved but there there wasn't really a sense of um, consistency or a large team for for a little bit for, for quite a while in the US um, but there's a group of us that were very passionate about it so we wanted to see what we could do to to change that and to elevate uh, competitive aquascaping in, in the United States so we, we actually opened up with the North American APL group which was the uh, aquatic plant layout group. Um, it was very, very loosely structured. And it was just to get together everybody who was entering contests. And in that first year, um, we had a great participation, more so than we'd had in the last probably 10 years. And then uh, once we had that kind of trial run year, we developed uh, the Aquascapers Collective and uh, sort of tried to iron out some of the wrinkles that we had the first time around and we're continuing to improve, uh, the group, but we've actually only been around for two, two years. So it's a, it's a fairly new thing.
0: I, I will say the, by branding it and naming it the aquascapers collective as opposed to the plant layout team or group, yes. that is a much stronger name. Like I'm not, I don't want to, I don't want to poo poo on that naming process, but the, yes. the net, what was it, North American plant layout group? Yeah,
1: the, <laughs> yeah, that was the first. Uh, it, I don't know if it was really a that that first group was more of just a, a really a Facebook page. Okay, um, and we and the Aquascapers Collective is more than a Facebook page now. That is still the platform that we primarily use, um, but yes, it's it's definitely a better name. Um, it, in fact, it wasn't even a name that was in the running, but everybody kind of looked back and said, "Hey, you know that was kind of a, a catchy name. We should just stick with it." So. Um, so, yeah, so so those guys that uh, I had met at that first contest um, and uh, gotten to know you know over the next year and a half, sort of asked me to help them um, found the group and uh, and keep it on track and within their their vision and And I've been doing that um, ever since. So uh, like I said, it's it's pretty new, but we've been really successful uh, already. I mean, last year we had two uh, Americans, um, Hip Hong and, uh, Stephen Chong. Stephen is also part of the Tokyo aquascapers union and sort of, um, uh, made his way in that group. But we had two Americans in the top seven of the IAPLC, which had never happened before.
0: That's pretty awesome. Yeah. And so I would say, uh, you know, to not beat the dead horse, but the Aquascapers Collective, I mean, that name just invokes like, whoa, what is that about? And actually, the way that the way you and I got connected was aquatic experience. So, again, people listening yeah. to this show, I've brought that up like 30 times now because I've met so many people from that one event and you being one of them. Uh, well, Miyaki and I, we were, we were talking and I think I, w- uh, I was in a group with some other aquascapers after the the award ceremony and, and his um, team's large tank one. So we we're talking and he had said he listened to the podcast, all this good stuff. And he's like, oh, do you know, John, John P- Penny? And I'm like, no, I don't I don't know him. He's like, oh, wait, I got to bring you over. And, and, and you know, people know I'm not super strong into aquascaping. Um, but, you know, you and I met through that. And he had mentioned something about Aquascapers Collective. And I'm like, man, that name just sounds like Illuminati, like legit. Like, what's, <laughs> like what, what is going on with the Aquascapers Collective? And that just sounds like something I want to be a part of. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. So, it, I mean, the whole concept
1: is that it's a very simple group um we don't want to get distract and not not that to say that it would never change um you know it is a collective so there's a lot of opinions in the group but currently it's just a group of aquascapers um held by certain ideals so we have we have two platforms there's the aquascapers collective lodge which is one facebook page and essentially anybody can be a part of that as long as the topics on the page um revolve around uh aquascaping layouts, fish choices for your layouts, you know, it, it has to, it, the, the key is to keep it focused, um, on aquascaping. And then we have a second part of the group, which has a more scary name, but that's the aquascapers collective crucible.
0: <laughs> what the, is go, What is going on here with your guys's names? I love it. I don't, <laughs> well, you guys yeah, are having so too, you're having crucible, too much fun with this. Uh, it's
1: basically the group where you take your gloves off and, uh, and, uh, go to war with each other. I mean, it's, it's, um, it's, it's it's basically reserved for people who are entering the international um, or national contests regularly and with the sort of drive to try to continuously improve. So it is a, a smaller group. It's also a group where, um, you know, if you let's say you don't want to do competition for a year, you don't have to get kicked out of the group. You just leave the crucible and you hang out with TAC. You're still a, a Aquascapers Collective member um, in the lodge, and you still know everybody. So it's it's primarily a group just to unite the aquascapers of the U.S. Um, We're not even an an official uh, organization, but um, because we we're trying to maintain people's uh, freedom to kind of do what they want and and expend their resources how they want, Um, but it's definitely a united effort, and we've seen awesome, awesome results from it. I, I mean, aside from the the two that ranked in the top seven, we've had multiple people in the top 100 every year, which is a, a, a winnings work ranking. Um, in The IAPLC, we've had people uh, with winning ranks in some of the other international competitions. Um, I actually achieved my first winning rank in an international competition uh, last year in the AGA contest. Uh, for the 2018 year, in the 28 to 60 liter category, I, I took uh, third place um, with a nano tank there. Um, so it's it's really been an awesome place for people to meet their goals, to learn more quickly than they would on their own, and and I would say honestly, the biggest benefit of it is just the community. Um, certainly, we have uh, ways of, that we critique each other and kind of. Uh, processes that we suggest to people and how they should go about creating their layouts and stuff, but just the fact that you can go to one place and start to get to know all the other people across the country, um, and in Canada, we're, we're actually um, uh, a group consisting of all of North America. Um, just that you can go to this place and meet these people and get ideas and see how they approach their their work is, I think, the biggest benefit of the group.
0: So, so two questions would be, one, so the Aquascapers Crucible... Uh, that that's going to be a place where, um, what is it like steel sharpened steel or whatever that that saying yes. is? I mean, it's going to be a brutal, um, brutal feedback, brutal constructive criticism. I assume there's no like. Hey, John's t-shirt sucks today. I'm just going to tear him down just because it's no, (laughs) you're going to compete against these guys from Thailand and China and Indonesia that are just monsters in aquascaping that just pull things out of, you know, pans labyrinth or like whatever crazy, you know, aquascape design that's in their head. And so you're trying to step up to their level. So we're going to be brutally freaking honest and we're going to tell you what we think is great with this and what we think is not working, you know, Put your yes. check your feelings at the door if you're going to come into this and share your stuff.
1: Yes, definitely, definitely. It's it's. I mean, some for, for a lot of people, I think it takes getting used to. Um, for me, I think my my background in, in some of the the athletics and the combat sports I had, it was a little bit easier f- for me to take criticism uh, for what it is. And and you know, not to make it sound all harsh, it it is still a place where we're we, ultimately we're having fun. You know, I think I think for some people the draw to aquascaping is, is just to have a nice planet tank and to collect plants and to, you know, create something that, that is, looks awesome to them in their eyes. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. In fact, we, we love that. And that's, that's why we have the aquascapers collective lodge too, is because we want to be, um, you know, in close community with, with the people who, who are doing that. And so, certainly I even set up tanks. I think most of us do who, who are into the competitive aquascaping. We have other tanks that look nothing like what we would submit to contests just because we in, enjoy it. Um, but the crucible is, you know, to, to loosely explain the process, we do start with asking, what is your goal? What is your intention and your inspiration? So we we try to be as understanding of where the other person is coming is coming from as possible. But then, yes, we do get brutally honest with, Hey, this is how this comes off to me because ultimately this layout's going to go before a judge. Um, and they're not going to have the, <laughs> you're not going to have the opportunity to tell them where you're coming from or what, <laughs> what your inspiration is. You have to, uh, present it, um, as objectively as possible within your layout. You have to communicate it through the layout. Is, is there? A so,
0: con- oh, I'm sorry. Oh, go ahead. I was gonna say, is, is there a concern with groupthink though? Like, how do you guys combat groupthink and, you know, kind of conforming or designing around certain principles that might end up becoming known as, oh, that's 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 the USA aquascaper collective style right there. Like that's yeah. It, and this is also subjective, at least I think it's subjective. But then reading some like uh, judge comments on some aquascaping like that, that you'll see. In various ma- like say in Amazonas in particular, they'll kind of go over some aquascaping competitions with judges' comments, and maybe even the judges they'll also have a pre pre-de- pre notion of what an aquascape should look like. So yeah, yeah I guess I guess I'm kind of making that a, a multi layered question there. Like how do you how do you combat groupthink? But then at the same time, is that groupthink okay? Because that's what the judges want to see, and we're just kind of working towards that expectation.
1: Yeah, a, a few different responses there. Uh, one, the the notion of uh, groupthink. Um, certainly, if everybody's conforming to the same sort of style, I don't necessarily see that as a as a positive. Um, but I think it can be successfully avoided if you promote the right values within the group. Um, and I've. Let me see if I can explain it. If you if you promote the idea of come up with your own individual story and your own inspiration and have a clear idea in your mind what you want to present and then work towards that goal, that's different than saying, hey, this is how you aquascape to win a competition. And we try to stick to the first way. Um, there's a...
0: And and I, I guess that idea of story is um, a little bit
1: well, maybe you, not. I mean, do you intuitive. feel like you're kind of
0: a, a Hans Christian Andersen, where you're like, I'm gonna I'm gonna create this fantasy tale in my head. I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna make this you know scene in my mind, uh, you know that that I I think is is gonna look good, and I'm gonna I'm going to express this story behind this slice of nature or this slice of Avatar fantasy, if you will, in yeah. an aquarium. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I, I I think I think there's a. It sometimes it's it is a scene or like hey I want to I want to produce a, a forest or something like that. But sometimes it's it's more subtle than that. Um, Jeff Miatki had Escape a few years ago, and the whole concept behind it was actually death, um, and it in a very respectful way. Um, it, was, it was the year that uh, Mr. Amano passed away, and he created a, a layout that basically was a row of Anubis um, tying Anubis to Anubis, the god of death, in uh, Egypt's mythology. Um, and he he had that very simple idea and then did everything he could to maximize that story. Um, in a similar way, Stephen Chong's layout last year for, that took uh, fifth place in the IAPLC, um, he had the concept of a a chasm, and he built his whole layout around how do I present a chasm in a, a, you know, in a fish tank. (laughs) Uh, So it can be anything from, um, you know, a natural formation to a more abstract concept, but just having a clear story of what you want to present and working from there, typically Results in very unique aquascapes, and I think if you do um, look up the TAC aquascapes, you will see a huge range of styles. Um, certain international teams tend to very much conform; um, other ones, you will see more variation. And I, so far, we're trending towards the side that is more uh, creative and and uh, shows variation in the layouts that we produce. Um,
0: yeah, and I'm on the Tech Aquascape yeah. right now, the uh, the Instagram account, and I'll make sure I have that and um, the Lodge. If people want to click on that, that Facebook group, and if they're interested in joining, um, so I'll have those links in the show notes as well as the link to the Mind Bending Nano Aquarium, the, the Aquascape article that um, that featured your nano tank. Uh, but yeah, Stephen Chong, I believe uh, it's called it's called Butterfly Hideaway. Yes, yeah, this thing is amazing. This just yeah is unreal it is absolutely unreal it looks like you know you're you're zoomed out on this just cavernous jungle like it's it's so hard to describe and i'm doing a terrible job at it but uh, (laughs) yes people check out the uh the aquascapers collective on the instagram Um, what i love about this page is that there's there's a connection to each of these pictures so it's one of the, it's kind of an aggregating instagram page right where you know you've got pictures from various sources but unlike the other aggregators out there that just kind of steal pictures and put them on their own account there's a connection right these people are connected yes. to the aquascapers collective and to me that just makes it that much more special it's like with uh, with jimmy of aquarium co-op on his instagram page what's so much special what's so special about that is that those are all his photos it's pure yes. fish porn it's pure fish... Fish amazing pictures and yeah, fish porn. got to love using that term. (laughs) But if you, if you follow that, you're going to get all those great pictures and they're actually his and they're not just like this, you know, I've got 50,000 followers because all I do is rip off people's Instagram pictures and put them on my own. um, And I happen to get, you know, the snowball rolling and people just keep following me. But right. Nonetheless, all that to say, people should follow this page um, because I mean the, the photos, the aquascapes, um, you know, picture of you and your uh, and your new child, just super, <laughs> super awesome. Yeah. That's that's like the I mean, there's an aquascape in the background that, that you're working on, but I mean yeah. this, you know, awesome, awesome, gorgeous work that, uh, that that your team is doing. Well, thank you. Yeah, I you know, one
1: of the things that brings the most enjoyment to me is, you know, I, I have all these goals about, I want to be a world-class aquascaper. I want to win, you know, place winning scapes in, in international competitions and, and those are all great. Um, but really it wouldn't be enjoyable if it, if it wasn't for the community again. And one of the great things about the Aquascapers Collective is, is we celebrate each other's successes. So, you know, last uh, two years ago when I didn't rank that well, my good friend Marvin, who uh, I consider my rival uh, and he's also in, in my local club, the Chicago aquatic plant society. He, he placed really well in I, IPLC. He, he ranked in the forties and it, you know, in that morning when you wake up and the, the, uh, you know, the ranks come out or you get the letter in the mail that, um, that's going to tell you where you placed and you get to see where everybody else ranked. And also, and more importantly, everybody else's creations. It's like, um, it's a great day. It's, it's a, it's probably the most fun day of the year for me in terms of of the hobby is, is waking up and seeing all these masterpieces that people created. And I, I, find more enjoyment in that than in, you know, ranking well myself. Um, so in the, in the context of, of tech, you know, we just started that Instagram page. Uh, but just seeing everybody else here starting to produce these layouts that are, are breathtaking is, um, is, it's a lot of fun. It really is.
0: Where do you see your inspiration primarily coming from when you do an aquascape? You know, it, it, for me, it's a, um, it's a long
1: process. Um, you know, I, I start to think about it pretty early. I just finished my layout for, uh, for the IAPLC this year. And I'm, you know, a month before that had already started thinking about what I was going to do for the next year. And, uh, and typically it is coming up with, with that story um, a lot from memories. A, a lot of it comes from memories. Um, I grew up on. I grew up on a, a five acres that had a lot of these giant oak trees, and I think my 2016 layout that was the sort of the inspiration where were these these giant oak trees. Um, that one can also be seen in the um, the AGA contest. It, it ranked 164 in the IAPLC as well. Um, and I have it on on my Instagram account, if, but that's probably the quickest way to go see it. But yeah, I, a lot of it's from memories. It's from things that I see in nature. Sometimes it's, it's honestly just uh, an emotion too. Um, you know, last year having my daughter uh, was a very... Life-changing thing for me and a very joyous thing. And typically, my my layouts in the past had been kind of dark. My my wife always says they look scary when I start <laughs> to make them. And I made a a really bright and colorful layout uh, just to kind of celebrate the the joy that I had been feeling in that season. So, um, and actually, the title of of that one was a more Patrice, which means love of the father in Latin. Uh, so it was kind of a a little tribute to. Um, my daughter there, so I, really, inspiration just comes from everywhere, you know, um, from seeing other people's layouts too. You you pick up ideas, um, so it 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 I I draw from a from a, a wide range of places.
0: No, I love it. I love it. And the uh, I think looking at your own Instagram page, which again will be uh, will be linked in the show notes, you know, you do see that um, some of your earlier photos on here, like kind of a darker, especially one where. Um, you've got what looks like was that spider wood kind of draped over serious stone that that is kind of jagged and yeah. you know jutting up like it, it's almost like man there's there's something creepy living there but probably shouldn't go down that path yeah. but <laughs> but it's you know it's beautiful and it's got greenery at the same time so to me it's it's got this nice balance to it again you know everything is so subjective but i would be hard pressed for somebody to look at this and and not think it was cool whether they think it's like oh man it's a little it's a little scary what's going on in stephen king's head over there but yeah. uh <laughs> you know it's it's awesome though this is this is great stuff
1: yeah, and I th- I think too, you know, each artist has their own um each artist has their own conception of what nature is. And to me, it it it's not as idealized as I find some other people hold nature to be. I I definitely see the the brutal parts of nature. Um I I grew up on a a uh, a small farm and you would see, you know, a hawk come down and take a chicken and <laughs> things like that and uh, and there's definitely that that sense of danger and um, brutality in nature, but also beauty. and uh, so I think you know some of that gets expressed through through my work uh, in terms of when I'm producing a layout I, I tend to incorporate a lot of shadow, um, which actually is is not a bad thing. most uh, you know compositions value is a very important thing and you want to look at um, placing shadow and, and light, uh, to contrast each other. Um, but in, in terms of a range, some of my layouts tend to be, you know, on the verge of being too dark. That's one of the critiques I get a lot when I'm taking my photos for, um, competition within the group. Most people will say, Hey, you need to brighten this up a little bit. And I got to try and adjust the lights and get, get a little bit lighter photo. But, um, but yeah, the, the, the inspiration um, as long as you are coming up with your own story, I think even if you are heavily influenced by other people and other artists, it is going to be unique in the end.
0: What what came first, your photography skills or your aquascaping? Uh, aquascaping. I'm not a good photographer.
1: <laughs> I'm I'm learning, um, and with with great help from other people in uh, the Aquascapers Collective and and my friend Marvin, my my rival, he does help me take photos. So
0: <laughs> I love, I love this. How did Marvin get to be your rival? What happened?
1: So, uh, Marvin and I were early members of the Chicago aquatic plant society, um, which is our, our local group here in Chicago where we started, uh, 2014, 15, um, it was a smaller group, maybe, I don't know, 10, 12 people. And now there's over a hundred, uh, paid members and our Facebook group has over a thousand of, people in the, in Illinois, um, on this group, but it's a, uh, a, a, planted, uh, tank club, local club, um, awesome people and it, and it hosts a wider range of interests in terms of if you just want to learn how to grow plants, if you just want to have, uh, even growing plants immersed in pots and things like that, or if you want to aquascape,
0: it's a great place to learn. Um, So what did he do? Did he, did he outbid you on an exotic plant or something? What, what happened? No, No, you know, um,
1: I think, I think the first year I did the contest, uh, there weren't too many people from the club in it aside from myself and Baylin. Uh, and then the next year I was encouraging Marvin to, to enter. Um, and he, he put together an awesome layout. He, 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 he got a, a rank in that contest um, and ever since then, we've just kind of enjoyed going to the live contest together and competing against each other and talking smack and stuff. But um, oh, we no, go I back. Love,
0: I love it, man. That's awesome. Yeah.
1: Yeah. He'll beat me in one contest and then, and then I'll beat him in the next one and we'll go back and forth. So it's, it's a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, you've, you've got to have a healthy level of smack talking in any competition. Oh, yeah. And even, and even in, uh, in aquascaping, like I would love to have, you know, if, if somebody could be a fly on the wall that maybe all they know is hockey or all they know is football right and they hear these two dudes talking smack about aquascaping and like plant selection and shadows and all that stuff like i would just love to blow their mind with oh yeah check out this check out this level of nerdy smack talking going yeah. on yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah it's definitely uh it's definitely an interesting um art form and 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 when we're talking about it a lot of sometimes you can tell like other people have no idea what what we <laughs> what we're going on about but um it's it's part of the fun you know is is having other people that share the same interest and are willing to put as much effort into it as as you are um you know it's something that i I really enjoy and and him being uh him and I being rivals has has really uh made the experience more enjoyable and i think has helped us both of us you know we push each other to get better so
0: mm-hmm. so where do where do the fish? Come in in all of this aquascaping and in in your enjoyment of the hobby because for me I'm kind of on the other end of the spectrum where I'm I'm all about uh, fish breeding and having a fish room with you know several species that I'm working with and you know trying to figure out how to yeah. get a certain corridor to breed and in all that fun stuff. So bare bottom tanks and I've got some, some planted crips and, you know, substrate and a little clear Ziploc, you know, kind of round container. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, plants for me or something to, to help with nitrites and, you know, all of the stuff that, you know, ammonia and, and just all the bad things that we don't want in our water that are, you know, basically the doing the biological filtration for me, uh, leveraging heavily on, um, on why am I drawing a name on the terrestrial plant that we shove into the water? That man, why am I drawing? I'm looking at it right now. It's like all over my fish room. Okay, I don't, I don't grow any terrestrial plants. <laughs> well, it's the one that you stick it to the. <laughs> hey, okay, I'm gonna move on off of that, but it's gonna come to me, and I'm gonna say, um, it's that. So the, yeah, so, I, know, is, I know what you're talking about. Does yeah, it start with oh a p my, or something. Pothos. Jeez, Louise. Pothos Man, yes. somebody's gonna take away my fish nerd card if I can't even think of the name <laughs> freaking pothos. Okay, yeah, sticking pothos in like every tank and just having it go from tank to tank to tank. Um, so, th- so that's kind of my experience, and I do have a couple of you know planted tanks that, that are actually in this room right now, my recording room um, that I look at and I love, but like. You know, I I appreciate aquascaping from a distance uh, because I know that's just a whole. There's just a whole skill set and a mindset that I think you need with aquascaping um, that that I don't possess. And for me, it's it's more about the fish. Um, and, And what I've said before also is that this hobby in general is so multifaceted that you can go down any number of rabbit holes and have pure enjoyment and never yes. feel like you're missing out. But for you though, where, where do the fish come in? Um, and what has been your experience with fish? Do you do any kind of breeding projects? Um, where does, where does like, I don't know, strain development come in? Does anybody do like, uh, does anybody work to try to get like a designer fish that nobody else has to get in their tank, which I know sounds incredibly far fetched, but maybe we'll just break oh, yeah. it down. Where, where does it, where, where do the fish come in for you? Yeah.
1: So, so a few things about fish. First of all, I don't think people necessarily know this, but in the IPLC, which is the largest, uh, or most well-recognized international competition, um, most of the categories that you're judged on give you 10 points, but, um, translated something like suitable had habitat for fish and healthy fish category is worth 50 points. Um, So it's extremely important, even in the realm of competition and, and also just personally, and I know you asked me personally, um, I, I wouldn't enjoy an aquascape if it didn't have animals in it. And, and I spent a lot of time thinking about what is it specifically about aquascaping that, that draws me to it over, you know, um, fish breeding or shrimp keeping or, um, you know, collecting coral or things like that. Um, I think to me, the thing about aquascaping the, the aspect that's so appealing is that instead of having a rare plant or a rare coral or a rare fish, your whole, um, the aquascape is the rarity that, that when, when you come into somebody's house and you see a mountain range in their living room, that's underwater. Um, you know, that's the rare thing that, and it, and it does take, um, work just like breeding fish or creating a new, um, you know, designer strain of shrimp or whatever it is. Uh, so I think there are some similarities there, but, but for me personally, I tend to, I spend a lot of time thinking about what fish would, will best fit my story, um, that I'm creating. So I do spend a lot of time trying to select the perfect fish for the layout and you will see, um, most of the top aquascapers usually, you know, get that point nailed down. I I'm still working on it and I'm not, you know, given my my history of being only five years in the in the hobby, um, I'm not quite, quite haven't quite perfected which fish are most suitable for for which aquarium. But, um, you know, uh, Mr. Uh, Fukada, who is most people would uh, admit that he is the best competitive aquascaper in the world right now. There's a few people who um, contest him with consistency, but he's won the IAPLC, uh, two years in a row. Um, he, he used some African, uh, moon Tetras, I believe last year, which I haven't, I don't know how, how uncommon those are. Um, but it's certainly something I'd never seen in in an aquascape before. And every year he seems to kind of pick out a new fish that's like, Oh, no one has ever thought to use that one in a contest. And then he, 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 he ranks really high. Um, some aquascapers will build their whole story around the fish Masashi um, Ono, uh, he's another member of the Tokyo Aquascapers Union. I, I believe he typically does that. He, he, he focuses on the fish um, and then will create an aquascape that best suits that. And he's consistently ranking in, in the top ranks of, of these competitions as well. So it is a very important thing. I think sometimes people think that we don't care, that aquascapers don't care about their animals or don't care about, um, you know, their fish selection or things like that certainly we're not as uh, into it as the people who are breeding the fish and coming up with new strains. Um, you know, it's a different focus, but it is also very important to us.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and I guess for, for just to, to have this discussion around the fish selection. So it's more than just the color, right? There's color, there's shape, there's, do they school or do they shoal? Do they, yes. um, are they, are they inactive? Are they, are they active? And all of those components together how does that go with my aquascape? Or vice versa, how am I gonna build an aquascape around that behavior?
1: Yes, yeah, um, uh, Mr. Fukada, again from Japan, in 2016 he won the IAPLC uh, with the work called The Mighty Cave. Um, if you type in Mighty Cave aquascape, it should be the first one that pops up. Um, oh, and he used, man. yeah, he used uh, glass cats.
0: He used um, glass cats?
1: yeah being I, that, never, I don't
0: I would never pick a glass cat for an aquascape. like in my head, that would not yes. pop up as like, oh, yeah, throw some glass cats in there. That's going to look awesome, yeah, and a lot of the judges were commenting
1: how this is a perfect layout for them because it's this cave. There's lots of areas where um you know the heavy shadow is provided and um, I, I think that's that's one that really stands out in my mind as a as an awesome fish selection.
0: Oh, okay, so this looks like kind of a wind-carved canyon. Yep. Um, Yeah, and there's glass cats in there.
1: Yeah, I mean, certainly every year there's layouts that have this, you know, the neon tetras and stuff, but a lot of the top layouters really do actually sort of will change it up quite a bit with what fish they use.
0: Yeah, because, I mean, Glass Cat, very, very common in a retail store here in the USA. Yep. Uh, African Mood Tetra, I've never even seen that on the distributor list for aquarium co op to even buy. So I'm sure we could probably get them, but at least our our most common distributor, I don't – I've never seen African Mood Tetra on there. And that's a cool-looking fish. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um,
1: Masashi Ono, another one that was a great aquascape centered around a fish – Masashi Ono had a layout in 2017 that was centered around. Um, oh, I'm blanking on the name. It's the wild betta that has the really large mouth.
0: Um, wild betta, really large mouth. Is it? Ah, oh, jeez. They're orange. They're like orange and black. Does it also go by uh, Brunei Beauty? It's uh, yes. We, we've had a couple of them. They're they can be super aggressive, super boisterous.
1: Yes. Um, so actually, his his uh, the layout, the name of his uh, layout is the Garden of Brunei Beauty. Oh, nice. Nass- there we go. Yeah. So at
0: least I got the common name in there.
1: Yeah, um, that layout as well. He he had a pair of uh, those bettas, and he centered the whole aquascape around it. And it's a beautiful, beautiful layout. Um, you know, much uh, in some aspects simpler than than some of the things that you imagine, but also. When you look at it and you realize what actually went into it, it's it's a absolute masterpiece. So I, I think, you know, aquascaping is often stereotyped as you know just mountains and forests and moss, um, and while that does, uh, you know, you will see plenty of layouts like that. If you really go and look at the IAPLC or the AGA contests, and you take some time and go through it, you'll see that there are all forms of expression, um, within the nature aquarium. Uh, well represented in these contests and that, that's uh, one of the great things is there is good variety to to kind of aspire to or or draw inspiration from or just appreciate
0: yeah and that's going to be the uh the beta macrostoma is the yes. eye beauty and that the that is a it's a sizable fish too like you know if you're, yes. if you're used to beta splendens a lot and then all of a sudden you see some of these wild bettas it's like man that beta macrostoma that sucker's like three inches three and a half inches like they can get pretty long and you know you're already used to bet as being fairly aggressive but um yeah those ones are definitely uh they're definitely animated and they can get uh, they can get ornery even in the bag those suckers were were very very (laughs) active Uh, but that is a super super awesome fish and you know when we when we were getting them in um you know we'd get them in we'd quarantine them and then the next day they'd be um when they were available for sale they'd be gone because they were you know there's just such such an awesome awesome fish
1: yeah, they, they're, they're absolutely beautiful. Someday I'd like to, uh, to give them a shot, but I'm not, I don't think I'm quite, uh, prepared for it yet. I, I, I'm very much at the stage right now where I'm actively avoiding, uh, distractions because my, my primary goal is to improve as an aquascaper. Um, and to, um, I'm, I'm very self-critical of, of, uh, my layouts and, I go through, even I'll set one up and I'll kind of like it. And then the next day I'll hate it and I'll be changing things. And I kind of go through that cycle and it it does push me. Um, but every once in a while I am tempted to like, you know, start a shrimp colony or, oh, I'm going to set up a biotope for this really cool fish. And I have to sort of reel myself back in and take a look and say, realistically, what do I have time for? And what am I going to enjoy most right now? And I think later, you know, um, who, who knows, maybe maybe two years from now, my focus might change, um, but but right now I'm I'm uh, intentionally staying super focused on the thing that um, I've decided that I enjoy most at this time in, in the hobby. But it, but that doesn't mean I don't appreciate the other aspects. I mean I love going to see people's reef tanks or you know people's fish rooms. Um, you know I, I think part of the beautiful thing is there there is a multitude of ways to express yourself and uh, and. And not, not necessarily just express yourself, but to interact with nature through the aquarium hobby. You know, whether that is through the animals primarily or through creating a planted uh, layout or through the horticulture aspect or, you know, you, you name it. There's, there's so many different ways that you can really delve in and learn something and appreciate nature and, and share that with other people.
0: Do you know what the best thing about a reef tank is? <laughs> I don't. You can start over and do a planted tank. Yes. <laughs> so tell that to all your buddies with reef tanks. I will. Be like, look at this I thing. Look, look what I can make. Look at your reef tank. That's boring, <laughs> man, with your wave maker and your one clownfish. Get this out of here. Come on. Look at, just, this, look, uh, look at this stuff I'm making.
1: Yeah, When I, whenever whenever I just think, oh, man, I want to start a reef tank, I just start to put together a budget for it, and then I throw it out halfway through oh, and just, just go I, back to
0: my China tank. I feel like, like the salt creep and just all of that uh, – I don't know. Like there's just so much about it. I know I, I give saltwater people such a hard time, but um, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's just so hard when you see some of these like aquascapers collective, your guys's Instagram page, you see um, AGA tanks, you see ADA tanks, you see what, you know, people all across the world are producing with fresh water and that scale and that level of beauty. It's just incredible. It, uh, yeah.
1: Um, and, and, and one thing that we really hope to do both, both through the Chicago aquatic plant society and the aquascapers collective in their own way. We we're trying to give people a place where they can achieve those goals. You know, where, because it, you know, I understand five years ago, I I looked at a world-class aquascape and I said, man, I really, really want to do that, but I, I can't ever see myself you know, where do I start? I got to learn all this stuff. I don't, I've never grown a plant in my life. I've never kept a fish tank in my, <laughs> in my life. Um, but, and it seems so unattainable. Um, and I'm certainly not, you know, I'm, I'm a student at this point, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm learning and I have a, a long way to go. But you know, I had to stop and just look last year. And it's like, man, I, I placed third in, in the international contest, in the AGA contest. And that was something that five years ago I didn't think possible. Um, And it, it has only been possible through, uh, like I said, the community with, with the Chicago Aquatic Plant Society, with with the people I met in tech and people sharing what they know and talking about these ideas back and forth, you know, being open about how do we improve together so um one thing that we hope to provide people is that sense that hey even if i've never done this before if i want to produce a world-class aquascape i can i can do it it's achievable it's 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 open to me um so that that's kind of you know in in a sense i think both the ultimate goal of TAC and and uh and the Chicago Aquatic Plant Society. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, John, you you are super humble, man. You know, just a, a few years into this, and you are you are producing some amazing, amazing aquascapes. And you know, you and I will we'll stay connected, and I'm sure that uh, I'm going to see your name up in lights you know winning awards and i mean the stuff that you're doing the stuff that everybody in in your group is doing is just phenomenal um i mean i, I think it's fantastic and anybody listening to this that you know even if your your focus is on plants or it's on flower horns or it's on whatever part of the hobby you're in you know you you've got to follow you know, John, you've got to follow the Aquascapers Collective and just be plugged into their social media and see just the awesome, cool stuff that you guys are producing um, and, and then have this connection to it. Like, oh man, I listened to that guy on the podcast. Like, I'm, I'm actually seeing the work that he's doing and, you know, it's pretty sweet. It's awesome. Like, and maybe maybe you get inspired and you join the Aquascapers Collective on Facebook and you get into the lodge and exactly like John's saying, you just get plugged into this community. Um, you learn, you get encouraged and, you know, you start producing some really cool stuff that um, is going to look way better than a reef tank. (laughs) <laughs> yes, exactly. Got to bring it back. Got to bring it back home. <laughs> yeah. Well, John, I heard, uh, you know, I, I've had you for about an hour now. Um, this has been a fantastic interview. Like myself, you are, you know, you've got a young family. I heard your little your, your baby in the background crying. So, Sorry about uh, that. No, you don't even worry about it at all. We are, we are keeping this into the episode um, because, you know, you're, you're balancing a full professional career with this incredible dedication to aquascaping and you're being a dad, right? You're being a dad and a husband. Um, So I want to be respectful of your time and just say thank you so much and uh, hope to have you on again.
1: Thank you. I really enjoyed
0: it. I'll uh, look forward to talking to you
1: soon.